This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's pray and then we'll get started. We're on Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Lord, I pray that you'll quiet our hearts, help us to listen, help us to not just hear your word, but to do your word. That we would go out and we would make some changes if there are areas in our lives that we need to change. I pray that we would keep in mind this mindset to glorify you and to love others as ourselves. Love you and love others as ourselves. And fight this good fight of faith. Um, a good fight of faith doesn't have all the dogmas that this world has. A good fight of faith is absent from having all the answers to everything. The good fight of faith doesn't mean we know our head is filled with knowledge, but our eyes are on you and we take steps to glorify you even when we don't understand. Um, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. I pray that you will help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'm going to resist the urge to fix my desk because I just noticed my whole book rack shifted. I have like one of those on the desktop book ends. The books are supposed to like form a conglomerate between the two bookends, but it's like sliding off. So it's not working out. Let's read, anyway, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy. All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honors so that the name of God and our doctor will not be spoken against. Those who have, have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and, and deprived of truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied, accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich and fall into temptation and a fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for to have what? Okay. And some by longing for it sorry. Comma have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you men of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made 
the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who testify, testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about as at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. O Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Grace be with you. So we're leaning more, I mean, last Friday we hit a little bit on this idea that all diseases are, you know, from the devil and the quick, the quickness of laying hands on people, um, when we should be more mindful of it. And now we're going to this other side again. I, scripture does this a lot. First of all, our scripture here is uh, to not go to the right or to the left. We're The reason why I'm looking this up is because it's necessary. I see this a lot um, in this book. Um, Paul pulling up the right end. Paul pulling up the left end and keeping our eyes set <clears throat> on what is before. Um, now we have a reference, Deuteronomy 28.14, um, Proverbs 4.27, uh, Joshua 1.7. This is not just a one-off. Um, there are actually seven verses, according to this website. Genesis 13, 9, Genesis 24, 49, Numbers 22, 26, Deuteronomy 17, 20. I'll give you this is BibleKnowingJesus.com. I do not know. I mean, this could be, I don't know what, I don't know the source. I'm just telling you where they have this list of verses. So don't, don't uh, come after me. This is like... <clears throat> some rando cult or something that got it right their broke clock syndrome they got one thing right anyway the verses are right here so I'm actually looking at it Deuteronomy 17 20 numbers 22 26 did I say that Deuteronomy 17 11 2 Samuel 14 19 I'm looking at neither right to the left neither right to the left neither right or left Job 23, 9. Job is um, 
kind of out of context because it's actually talking about God. So that one does really work out. But the concept of not going right or left is in scripture. And the funny thing, I don't know if you've ever balanced on a balance beam. We need a picture here. But balancing on a balance beam is not easy if you don't concentrate. It's not going to happen if you're not intentional. It is a forward movement with a lot of hope if you're me and your caboose is as big as mine. There is a lot of hope for me to get from A to B on a balance beam. I have no balance whatsoever. That is sort of the picture that I think we we Christians, we miss. Because we think that all of this knowledge, and this is what Paul, or if I do all these things, if I'm super hyped, you know, maybe, um, you know, I, I'm not from the, the, the charismatic movement. I, I, I don't know what the motivations are. My perception is it's a lot of feels going by a lot of feels. And if you don't have feels, you're kind of out. If you don't, if you, there, there are certain dogmas that go along with, if you're sick, it must be something wrong with you. These are all things I've heard. It's not because I've been a part of it. Quick, quick to lay on, lay hands on a lot of the power is from me, right? A lot of calling out power, I command you, say it in the name, that sort of thing. Um, and I'm not downplaying. I'm just trying to get bearings. I'm not downplaying. Um, and I'm not actually saying that this, the charismatics are the right and the far left. I mean, the charismatics are the left and the far right is the, the uh, conservative church. So that's not what I'm saying either. I'm referring to scripture. Chapter five, do not be quick to lay hands. Don't, don't get all in the, in the thrill of it. Is sort of what's referenced here. Because it, it's not, don't be so quick to assume because somebody's sick that they've got demons rolling around their head. That, that's, it's not supported in chapter 5. This isn't supported. Though it might be a thing. It might be a thing. We live in a fallen world. And I can, I mean, I can attest that some sicknesses have demonic connection. Absolutely. Even scripture talks about this when it talks about taking the bread and the wine unworthily as a believer. Not a believer, as a believer. When you know you got to do what you got to do and you don't do it, you could get really sick. That is a thing. So we're not even throwing it all under the bus. It's not the only thing. See what I'm talking about with this balance beat. We got to deal with the tension. We have to, or we miss it completely. I mean, the balance beam gets to the face of Jesus, you know what I'm talking about? And then the right, who knows where that's going. And the left, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And so Paul, what I find, so since I'm from the right, I find this chapter pretty scary. How long have I spent puffing my head up with knowledge, dividing over words, dividing over interpretation of theology, Dividing over, you know, and it was just, it, it had nothing. I'm sorry. 
It had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It was just my head knowledge. We See, we think, since this is what happens, we think this knowledge will keep us safe. What does it say here in First Timothy? That it's not knowledge that keeps you safe. It's your knowledge of Jesus. It's this fight of faith. This is the walk on the balance beam. I don't have all the answers. I'm not even sure my foot's going to make it to the next step. This is where Sarah's at. When we, in it, and, and we need to embrace, which I did not for a very long time, embrace the insecurity that it takes to walk in faith. Oh no, oh no. This was a girl that was bullied. In-house, out-of-house, over yonder, bullied. Sarah learned how to make a hard heart really fast. And we were not going to be insecure. We were not, well, no, nothing was going to get close enough to invite this insecurity. No, but we've done this, friend, in the church. Our church is going to be so far away from everybody and everything and all the temptations that it is not going to be a thing. That's not, that's not Holy Spirit invoked. That's fear. That's insecurity. And that is not fighting this good fight of faith. Because you think your knowledge is keeping you safe. Well, we only go to... This is only, they believe what we believe. And it's like, it's another cult. I'm sorry, but put it down on the piece of paper. I mean, it's another, we've got dogmas. We follow these dogmas. And they're extra biblical. And the scripture says they go off on the, they're off. Goodbye. We wave. What are you doing way over there? When the mission field is over here. So let's tackle this first part. This first part, I'm talking about slavery. Um, we took a day of rest yesterday uh, for mental health. And I really appreciated it. But I got to thinking, and, and I was preaching myself in the shower, got to thinking... What if we didn't look into our futures and hate it? Now, maybe uh, we'll read here. All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved, teach and preach these principles. This is a cultural aspect, but this is an aspect of this culture. We need to 
A, define what it meant to have slaves and be a slave in that time. And what that meant was when you had debts that needed to be re repaid, you were you took on this servitude. But here's the thing. Um, it had a limit. You weren't indebted to be as you weren't going to be a slave forever. This was a seven year contract and you weren't separated from your families. You were kept together. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the impact of this and I was thinking about how it is amazing how we've gotten ourselves, how in the American culture, we went from owning slaves to being slaves and we don't even realize it. Do you look into your future and say to yourself, I hate it, but I got to do the thing until I'm 65. My friend, you're enslaved. Do you look at the coming weeks and you can't make any plans with your family because your schedule changes on a weekly basis? My friend, you are a slave. And you don't even realize it. So this, actually these two verses apply to us because all of us find ourselves in some form of maybe a little something we would like to be out of. But we have been given this time because, hey, it's all under the hand of God. All of it. All of what is required of us, all of the bills that we have to pay, all of the commitments that we have made. Am I saying go quit your job that you made a commitment to? No. The vows that we have made. We have all made a commitment. A vow of some sort. And we must be responsible to do this and honor those that are above us. But let me, let me submit to you that if you hate your future for as far as you can see, Can you really say you're in a spot that God wants you? Have you prayed about it? Is it even a subject of prayer or have you just decided got to pay the bills? This is the job. I hate it. Here we are. You've been locked down to the system of this world. God gave them hope in the system that they were in, of course, of course, you are not to be disrespectful for, to those that are over you. But to live like this is it? You've bought into that which you should not have bought into. If the 401k is more important than Jesus' face, that's what I'm saying. If you spent your whole life sh shunning all insecurities, all steps of faith, I just got to ask where you're going. I'm like, it's waving over here. Where, 
Sarah. I'll wave to Sarah. Sarah was there. I got to that place. I was asking God. I mean, I could not do the picket fence. This isn't it. I, if it's just a picket fence in a house that I had to look forward to for the, the rest of my life, I'm done, Lord. If it's just all about what, what's in my account, I'm done. You can take me home. And I prayed this every day. <clears throat> well, no, Sarah, I don't think this is forever. I've got some commitments. I've got some bills to pay. But commit today to surrender this job just to make sure, you know, how much am I holding on to this? Just to make sure, get it off the, get it off view. How attached am I, am I to this thing? Because they, Coca-Cola company is not going to be in heaven. I worked at a department store once and, um, uh, He point blank said, no, you cannot request the same day a week off. How do, a, how do you make plans with your family like that? They never know what day you're going to have. How do you, how do you even commit to quality time with your kids? You don't know. I don't know. I don't know when I'll see you again. Bye. I don't know what next week. You can't. That's servant. That's enslavement. So I was. He was like, "No, you can't have these days off. You can't have a set day off every week. I've got to have you on an open schedule." Hmm. And I didn't see it at the time. I didn't see this is enslavement, and I'm I'm free in Christ, and I should not have taken the job and waited for something else. But there was a job that I did have that was set two days off a week. It was high-end restaurant at the same time. That one, even though my boss was horrible, was freer. Did you get that? I worked one job, and I can ne I never knew what day I was going to have off. It's like wandering around this pool of despair. Are we talk? We are talking about mental health. When you do not know when one week is starting from another, you are setting yourself up for disaster. Your God went Monday through. Or Sunday, whatever, through Friday. I'm just going to put Monday through Saturday and stopped. Did he have to? There was a break between week one and week two. Now, it doesn't matter if it's Wednesday. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But there was a break. If your weeks are running together, stop. You are setting yourself up for disaster.
he didn't he could have just spoken it hey a, a world fair yeah good with everything on it that's all he had to do but no he went monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday didn't have to do any of this saturday read it genesis one break I'm resting. This guy needed rest. You rest. It wasn't for him. It was for us. And the reason why we are breaking down mentally is because our weeks are running together. Our goals are intermixed with this world. We're swimming in this system. And we don't even know we're slaves. We don't even know. And we can't figure out why we can't keep it together. I'm just going to pray right now. God. Break these chains that are binding us. We have not realized that we bought in to a system set out to destroy us. Pull us out from among them, cause us to be separate in our goals, in our ambitions, in our drives, in our rest. Knowing that rest is just as important as work. God help us because we are frazzled. We're raising kids that are frazzled. We're running from one thing to another. We don't have, it all runs together. Help us to fulfill our commitments. Help us to honor those that are above us. In authority. But know this, that your face should be on the other side of the balance beam. Not 401ks, not retirement. Not a house. Not even our kids. Your face should be the end goal. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.